aforementioned Chris Cooner. I am a DJ with Broken FM. If you like rock music, you can check us out online at broken.fm. Happy to be here tonight. It's uh, it's a little sad. The The chat room is empty. However, my heart is full because I got my good buddy here with me, Paul Gibson. What is up, my man? Oh, nothing much, dude. You know, just holding down in Nashtown and, you know, doing what I do. Yeah. Keeping it real. Yeah, I uh, I saw you hanging out at the Dove Awards last night. I was watching your periscopes and your selfies and your your questions w. and w. your all the all the stuff that you got to do last night. And um, I felt hulkish. I was a little green. Right. Well, did you now? My favorite person to meet was the person I probably talked to the least. Well, no, probably not the least, but still pretty close. But uh, I actually got him to sign my program. The one, the only John Rivers. Nice. I did see that selfie. Yeah. Is he, uh, does he look like he's doing okay after his uh, recovery process? I think so. I mean, he he looks like he could play John Wayne in True Grit. I mean, not True Grit, um, uh, in The Shootist right now. Okay. He's got kind of that that old cowboy, you know, riding his horse, looking a little tired. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, I mean, he was super nice. He was very cool. And I talked to him like three times. Because at first I went, I'm like, hi, I just want to meet you. I know exactly who you are. I do a show that's kind of like the rock version of what 20 The Countdown Magazine is. Mm-hmm. And, um, he was like, oh, cool. Rock on. <laughs> I was like, all right. Yeah. Thanks. And then that was it. And then later on, I'm like, man, I should have gotten a selfie with him. I mean, I know he doesn't technically count as a musician for the parameters that I set up to, to do the Dovey's contest. But, right. um, you know, still, I was like, I need, I'll kick myself if I don't. So I went back. And I'm like, I'm sorry to bug you again, but uh, can I get a picture with you? Uh, I was like, I, I would hate myself if I didn't ask it. Oh, yeah, sure. And then on the way out, uh, I passed him walking out of the Coliseum where the, the, uh, the ceremony was held. And I was like, you know, I would also very much help my, hurt my, uh, hate myself to no end if I didn't get you to sign something. So I have my program. Can you sign that? He goes, well, it might degrade the value. I was like, no, not for me. It won't. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, I mean, he was very cool and very humble about it. And it was also nice because I think I was part of a, a somewhat smaller group of people there who knew who he was on site. Mm-hmm. Um so that was very cool. So awesome. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Good deal. Well, it certainly looked like you had a really good time uh, hanging out at the Doves. And uh, you, you you put a game out there for the Christian Rock 20 that uh, yeah. was for people to guess how many selfies. I, I guessed 17, that you would get 17. I don't think you got near that many. Wait a minute. So you guessed 17? Yeah. I put it on your uh, on your Instagram Oh, you put it on my Instagram. Well, you didn't say you had to enter someplace else. I mean, I realize (laughs) I'm not eligible to win prizes. Okay, well, good. That makes me feel better because I already announced that Kirk won. Oh, Kirk? Yeah. Really? What did he guess? Yeah. He guessed 14, but, you know, you would technically be closer. How many did you? I got 23. Did you really? I did. I doled them out throughout the night. So, yeah. It was crazy. Fantastic. It was a lot of fun, though. I mean, I got uh, pictures with... uh, a bunch of hip hop artists. I got Derek Minor and uh, Willie Moore Jr. 
and Petity, yeah. which was, he was fun. And his hands were all kinds of lotion-y. I mean, my <laughs> hand felt, felt, felt luxurious and, and uh, <laughs> linen-ish. Yes. Uh, on the way out, I was like, man, wow. Um, let me see. And also Cannon, you know, the guy who fell off the bridge and tore up his jaw and everything. Yeah, he he was that. looking pretty good. good he had a little bit of a, a limp to his swagger going on, but, uh, you know, that just makes him look cooler. You know, <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I got a picture with him. Uh, of course, Steve Taylor and Charlie Peacock. And uh, two of the guys from Everfound. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you said that um, was two-thirds of the band because there's three guys total. Right, right. So I got two-thirds of the band. And oh, I'm Josiah from Disciple, formerly of Philmont. Mm-hmm. Nabbed him. I uh, got uh, Chris August. That was fun. He, he looked way too normal for people to know who he was. <laughs> so I went up. I was like, hey, you're Chris August, right? He goes, yeah, yeah. I'm like, Dude, you look too normal. Nobody's talking to you. Because I know I kind of like it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but he wasn't being mean. He wouldn't tell me to take off or anything. But it, you know, it was totally, but, totally. But yeah, you know, so I got to meet a lot of people, hang out. It was fun. Excellent. Any uh, any stories you want to regale us with before we uh, continue on? Um, the funniest story of the night for me was uh, in the press room. They ushered back Michael W. Smith, who had just won another Dove Award. And he caught up on stage. He goes, I honestly have no clue why I'm back here. They said I should come back here and talk to you guys like it was important or something. What else can I really say? You know, um, been doing this a long time. It's still fun. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) And somebody said, so how many double awards does this make? And he goes, I have no idea. Really, no clue. (laughs) And the runner who had brought him up there and introduced him and everything had a cheat sheet. And she goes, uh, Mr. Smith, you have uh, 45 Dove Awards. And he goes, 45 Dove Awards? That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I need to stop making everyone... music so some other people can win. <laughs> right, exactly. And everyone would just just thought it was funny, but he was like, no, seriously, 45? Man, that's a, that's a lot. <laughs> you know, he, just, he looked almost embarrassed that he had won this many Dove Awards, uh... but it was so great. So that that was a lot of fun. That well, so was Tim fun. was, you know, Tim was talking this morning on uh, on Broken, uh, or at least he posted it on the Facebook page. I wasn't able to listen to his show this morning, but he was posting it on okay. the Facebook page about how he um, was, you know, read one rock song of the year. No, they were on uh, rock album, rock album, of- right? Rock, rock album. album, and yeah. you know, I mean, we were kind of chatting. I was chatting with someone else. I, I think it was Kirk, actually. And I yeah. said, how, how do they, de- who decides who wins? You know, what's the, what's the process? It's not like a, a people's choice. It, who gets to decide? It's industry. Yeah. Right. But I mean, industry, from what industry? Is it all CCM people that get to choose the rock winner? I, you know, <laughs> I mean, these are the, these are the questions that, that inquiring minds like mine want to know. And, and somebody made right. the comment about, you know, not that, Red didn't necessarily deserve to win, but yeah. why did Red win? What about their album made it for the people that voted album of the year? Was it, I think I've heard of these guys once. Or was I like it... like that color. <laughs> I mean, those are just, those are some of the questions. I, I just, I don't know. I don't understand how the back end of the Dove Awards works. And I, I think it would be great if there was some way to find out how they do it. I, I, yeah. I never get asked to vote and I work in the business. I mean, I think that's something that we have to, to register for. 
which is a little weird. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if there's dues involved or what. I need to ask. That's something I need to find out, how to become a GMA voting member. Right. Because that seems like something that could be handy to know, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, you know. Well, and I mean, is so. it is it like the Oscars where it all depends on how much you schmooze? You know, the more you schmooze, the better likely you are to get. So, you know, I mean, the best actor may not actually be the best actor. He's just the one that went around and shook enough hands and, and uh, spent enough money to get to that right. point. I don't know. So I really don't. I mean, it's it's a good question, but I couldn't tell you the answer. I mean, it's it's a mystery to me as well. So yeah. who knows? All right. Well, maybe it's a mystery that someday we'll uh, we'll be able to solve and share with you, the lucky listener. Right. Who knows? Well, we definitely have a special show tonight, and we are excited. We are going to be previewing the entire Striper album. Uh, I believe it hits stores on Friday. It does. It does. So it's not even out yet at the time of this recording, uh, which really surprised me that they gave me permission to uh, to pre-air these songs. But uh, we tried like crazy to get Michael to come and hang out in the chat room like Kevin did, but uh, apparently he he doesn't do live stuff like that unless it's a show with a guitar in his hand. So uh, we do have a... Uh, yeah, Bruce in the chat room says we should do a behind-the-scenes of the Dove Awards. I'd have to go to Nashville, and if you're willing to Patreon enough for me to do that, I'm there. Um, but so because we could totally get you a press pass. Yeah, I think it'd be pretty simple actually to get a to get a press pass for it. But um, so we're excited about what we've got coming up. That's going to be the majority of the show is actually just talking over the new uh, the new album. Um, right. So I'm excited about that. We do have an other stuff from Kirk. So uh, and it's only about two minutes long. So we're going to go ahead and air that. And then yep. uh, we will, um, I don't know, we'll probably jump to the song blender after that, and then we'll just kind of plow through the album at the end and, and make that the, the meat of the show. Does that sound acceptable? I think that's fine. Do we want to go over just the, the main categories that pertain to listeners for the Dove? Yeah, we can do that. We... We'll just, you know, let's, let's stick with, I like, rock and, and things like that. So go for yeah. it. You've, I'm sure you've got the list right in front of you. And I do. You want to start that right now? Yeah, go for it. Okay, all right, cool. Well, since we started off talking about Red and uh, Beauty and Rage winning Rock Album of the Year, uh, they went up against Amberlynn for Lowborn, uh, Disciple Attack, For Today, Fight the Silence, and Oxygen Inhale by Thousand Foot Crutch. I don't know. I mean, going into it, I think I probably thought Red or maybe Amberlynn had the, the biggest shot. Uh, what do you think, man? I mean, is that kind of what you were expecting? I was actually expecting Amberlynn to pull off with that because it was their last album. It was going to, right. you know, that's the end. And a lot of times, you know, and again, I'll reference the Oscars, whoever's last movie or posthumous or whatever the case may be, whether they deserve it or not, they're going to get it because they're no longer going to have an opportunity to compete for it. Yeah, you're not lying. You're not lying. And and it was funny. And you can actually hear the, the audio piece of this on this week's Christian Rock 20, but um, no one really was that up for asking red questions either when they first came in they were part of the, the post or the pre-show uh-huh. which was like you know kind of like the uh, technical awards for the oscars <laughs> right uh so uh so it was before the televised bit and they came in and they won and all that and i was like so i got a weird question for you since no one else is going to ask a question um if you guys had lost who would you have expected to lose to and they're like skillet but they weren't nominated so i don't know probably amberlynn we really <laughs> like their album <laughs> That's funny. It's so great to know that people who aren't just in the industry as as personalities or 
or promoters or whatever also recognize the obscene hugeness of skill. <laughs> Even Red, who's probably like the second rung down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's it's funny that they would make that comment. That uh, that actually makes my heart very happy that they uh, <laughs> that they see that themselves. Because that's pretty much anytime we see Skillet in a category, we're like, uh, Skillet's probably going to win. But maybe who would we, who would we like to see instead of them? So uh, that's very. Which nice. is sad because I, I like Skillet. It's just. You kind of want to root for the underdog somehow, right? right. I mean, it, it just gets to be a bit much if you don't. Well, so. and I mean, I like Red, too. But, uh, right. you know, this this last album did nothing for me. That's the only yeah. that's the only thing about it that I didn't like was just this album was not as good to me as even their last one before they went and remixed it. Yeah, and see that... I was sitting beside the morning show host for a local Christian station here, and I leaned over. I'm like, well, they brought back the strings. I guess it worked. And he goes, (laughs) 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 So anyway, but yeah, but speaking of Skillet, they did pull out a win in the one category they were nominated in, which uh, Tim pointed out to me the irony of this. Uh, Anyway, it was Rock rock Song of the Year, so they won for Good to Be Alive, uh, which was not a song that was ever serviced to Christian rock radio at all. Right. How does that happen? I don't know. It's so weird. <laughs> I don't get it. See, and this is why we need to do a behind the scenes of the Dove Awards. I want to know yeah. how a song that never gets serviced to radio, especially not rock radio, can make. I mean, was it a single? Was it a CHR single? And I didn't know. About I it? I don't know that it was a single anywhere. I, I never. Yeah. I mean, I knew it was on the album, but but that's all, all I right. knew. So I I have honestly I have no clue. See, now I'm going to have to pull up Wikipedia because the you know, skill is big enough to have a wiki page that will surely um, surely have a list of what was singles and where they charted. Yeah, right? discography I mean, and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But wow. anyway, while I'm looking for that, uh, also nominated was uh, Fireflight's Safety featuring Stephen Christian of Amberlin. Okay. Uh, Red's Darkest Part, uh, Viridia for Furious Love, and We as Human with Dead Man. So. See, yeah. and it's not that I want to take anything away from Skillet at all in this case, but there's a couple of those other songs that I totally would have loved to have seen win instead of it going to them. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, we as human. <laughs> it just feels like, well, so they, they kind of had their time, right? <laughs> well, and it's it's not even it's not even that, you know, I, I mean, like give credit where credit is due. They have figured out a formula that works very well. It sells records. They put on a fantastic live show that people talk about for weeks after having gone to see them. I've seen them live once. It was in Petaluma, you know, 20 minutes down the road for me in this little tiny venue. And that was the best show that I have ever been to at that venue. Now, granted, yeah. it was Skillet. They're, they're top notch. They cleared out all of the sound gear from the Phoenix that the Phoenix owned. They brought in all of their own sound gear, board, speakers, everything. They revamped right. that entire thing. And it actually made me sad to know that when they left, they were, they were taking, taking all of that with them. And the Phoenix would never sound as good again. That is a little pitiful. So I checked their wiki page. It doesn't have a list of singles. Um, it has a list of awards they've won. Right. But And that one hasn't been added on there yet. So if you're a skillet wiki person, you need to get on that. Yeah, totally. 
Totally. All but right. They did what other... win for Rock Album of the Year last year, which I guess the reason why they couldn't win it again this year uh, for Rise. And then they also won Rock Song of the Year for Not Gonna Die. Gotcha. Well, with as long as it takes them to produce albums, it's going to be kind of an every other year, every two years kind of thing for them. You know, because if you were nominated last year for the same album that's currently out, I don't think you can be nominated again. Right. Agreed. So, all right. Well, let's plow through these really quick. Yep. Uh, Rock Contemporary Album of the Year. Colton Dixon won for Anchor, but also nominated was John Mark McMillan for the Borderland Sessions. Live from the Woods by uh, Need to Breathe. Invader by Rapture Ruckus okay. and Edge of the Earth by Switchfoot. So, I don't know. I mean, I I kind of figured it was going to be either Colton Dixon or Switchfoot, um, or possibly I guess Need to Breathe. But I don't know. It, yeah, it was interesting. No, Colton, Colton was really cool about it, though. Yeah, I, I read a little bit of an article that was written about the awards and Colton's stuff, just saying how we need to decrease and, like, reflect that glory. It needs to it needs to hit us and reflect the God, not absorb into us. And I thought that was really right. cool for him to to take that stand and, and uh, be upfront about it like that. So hopefully it's, I totally agree. Hopefully it's true. <laughs> hopefully yeah. that's how he really feels, you know? Instead of just <laughs> words to make them seem more popular. It's true. It's so. true. Now, Rock Contemporary Song of the Year nominated were Capital Kings for Fireblazing, uh, Lift Your Head Weary Center, Chains by Crowder, and uh, Messengers uh, featuring for King and Country by Lecrae, and Brother by Need to Breathe and Let It Out by Switchfoot. And if I'm not mistaken, I do believe Crowder won for that. Okay. Could be wrong. I mean, I've got the winner's list, but, you know. That sounds like effort. I don't know how. I'm yeah, doing. no, it's fine. What else we? Uh, <laughs> who else do we care about? What other categories? Uh, well, Lecrae won Artist of the Year, which is huge. I think that's I mean, fantastic. That, is, that was probably the biggest uh, happiness that I had of of the night. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, there was other stuff that was cool. Was he there to accept? The year, I mean, no, he was in. He's in Japan. Oh, he's <laughs> he's on tour in Japan. Yeah, pretty much anyone huge wasn't there. Gotcha. I mean, that was kind of a disappointment. I mean, Lecrae wasn't there to accept a bunch. There was a bunch of accepting on behalf, like Camp for King and Country won a ton of awards. They didn't. They weren't there either. Yeah. Um, but nominated for Artist of the Year were King and Country, Francesca Battistelli, Carrie Job, Lecrae, and Mercy Me. I, in all honesty, I thought everyone else probably had an equal chance of beating Lecrae. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad that he won. He also won Rap Song of the Year and uh, Rap Album of the Year. So. All righty then. He didn't win recorded music packaging though. <laughs> Your favorite, the Crowder cover one. Oh, nice, <laughs> lovely, great, <laughs> fantastic. And the guy who who came in to accept it was like, yeah, the last time I won a design award, I was in preschool, so this is kind of cool. Wow. <laughs> preschool, really? It was like preschool or fourth grade or something like that. He goes, and I I drew on a paper bag, and my teacher thought it was good. I guess I've upgraded since then. <laughs> I'm sure he does a lot of stuff. I don't think this is like the only thing that he's done since then, but it was just kind of funny. It was a weird way to accept that award. Yeah, but, yeah. absolutely. Oh, my goodness. That's funny. Well, at least he was funny about it, you know? I think my biggest disappointment, though, was that NF did not win New Artist of the Year. It went to went to Lauren Daigle, who won practically everything she was nominated yeah. for. So Now, I know Chris Chicago was there. Did you see him at all? Oh. I did. I meant to get a selfie with him, and I, I didn't end up getting a chance. But yeah, he was like, he as soon as he saw me, he's like, "Paul, what's up?" I was like, "Hey, man, I didn't know if you'd recognize." Me. He goes, "Dude, I recognize your face. I know who you are. <laughs> I send you stuff all the time. I know who you are. That's awesome." I was like, "Oh, that's cool." 
I was like, well, I recognize you too. <laughs> He's like, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Huge guy with the beard. You just can't miss him. Yeah. Him. Yeah. He's, he's super cool. He's like, what, 6'4 or something? I mean, he's tall, right? He is. He's tall. I mean, he's just big in every direction. He's super nice. Though. Totally. He's super, super. No, and he's got a great heart for the music business, too. I mean, he really wants to make sure yeah. that everybody gets serviced all the things that they need. Everyone's taken care of. He wants to. He wants to represent his people well, and he wants to represent God well. So, I mean, it's all... It's all good as far as I'm concerned at the Shamrock uh, at the Shamrock Music Business Place. Yeah, and he was dragging too because they had just wrapped up Flavor Fest, I think, in Atlanta. So they yeah, kind of dragged themselves in. Yeah. Him and the rest of his posse were just kind of like, uh. <laughs> exactly. No, I think it's good for him though. It's awesome. Anything else of note? No, I'm good. All right, I, I saw that- your Steve Taylor pick. He's looking good as always. Oh yeah, meeting Charlie Peacock was cool too. That was yeah. That was nice. That was fun. Good deal. All right. Well, let's dive into the uh, the other stuff with Kirk real quick. We will uh, get that going here, and then we will continue on with this crazy show. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Andrew Peterson is an amazing and masterful singer-songwriter and storyteller. For the past 15 years, he has continued to turn out albums of vivid stories full of truth-filled conviction, observations about life, and walking by faith. Peterson's latest album, The Burning Edge of Dawn, is no different. The stories come alive through his lyrics as the music provides the soundtrack to the images in your mind. Musically, the album does not stray far from Peterson's signature sound, which is something you want from him. There may be a tweak here and a change there, but you listen to hear his new stories. Burning Edge of Dawn is a bit mellower overall. Not that Peterson's material is ever rocking. The album is beautiful, though, both musically and lyrically. The musicianship and chosen instrumentation is, as always, top-notch. And this album is almost comforting, kind of letting you know that not all is falling apart in the world. The Burning Edge of Dawn, a wonderful album by Andrew Peterson, is available everywhere now. This has been Captain Kirk with The Other Stuff for the Rock in the Hard Place podcast. His kingdom has no end. Awesome. Thank you, Kirk. Appreciate that very, very much. Now, I uh, want to take a minute to recognize our sponsor, tweakedaudio.com. Uh, if you are looking for a pair of headphones, you can go to Tweaked and get a decent pair for a really good price, especially if you use the code HARDPLACE when you check out. gives you 33% off. Seven different styles, seven different colors, lots of options. And uh, I hear they're, they've got some stuff going on behind the scenes that they are actually working, pardon me, working on uh, some, new, uh, some new stuff, like water-resistant headphones. And that kind of stuff. Now, 
Uh, our good friend Michael actually sent in a uh, an email about a review. So uh, here, let me uh, let me share this with you. So Michael says, "I have the classic mic'd version, which feel very well built. Like you and Paul both said, they have a nice balanced sound, not too bassy, and I find them to be very smooth sounding." The sound isolation is better than in other earbuds that I've used. I was actually surprised at just how much noise they block out. And the gel earpieces are very comfortable. I love the flat cable as it's nice and heavy, so I don't feel like it's going to break if I'm giving them a tug. I've used them for talking on my cell phone in the car for hands-free. And the sound quality was good on both my side and the people on the other side of the phone call. I've been very satisfied with them and would definitely recommend them, especially at the hard place discounted price. The carrying pouch is handy since it keeps my tweaked headphones clean and keeps them from getting tangled with other stuff in the backpack that I bring with me to work. I have not had to use the warranty claim yet, but it does come with a lifetime warranty, which is fantastic. So uh, tweakedaudio.com, use the code hardplace, 33% off of your purchase, and uh, a little bit of that money actually comes to us to help us continue to, uh, to do this podcast, which is fantastic as well, so there you go, tweakedaudio.com. Yeah, jump on that. Yeah, get on it. And plus, it's not too early to start Christmas shopping. This is a fact. This is a fact. Sad. I mean, it's... or even better, buy a lot of like a hundred of them and give them out at your door to trick or treaters. Ooh, now I like that idea even better. Of course, it means more money in our mm-hmm. pockets too, so it's a bit self serving. Shh. Shh. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? <laughs> Darn it! Yes. So, we got permission to have some fun tonight. Uh, This uh, probably won't be a a, a normal habit kind of thing, but uh, I figure given the opportunity to do so, we should should jump at it. Uh, Striper's new album, Fallen, actually hits stores on Friday, and we are stoked. Well, I should say I am stoked about the new album. I have had it for uh, about a week and a half now. I've listened to it straight through twice. And I honestly think that it is probably one of Striper's best to date uh, sound-wise. Have you heard any of it yet at all, Paul? I've heard the first single. That's all I've Which heard is Big time. Screen Lies? No, no, the one before that. Oh, Yahweh. Yahweh, yeah. Okay. I've heard that one. Gotcha. So is Big Screen Lies not charting yet? No, and honestly, I'm not hugely expecting it to. I mean, the the Striper stuff has not charted at all for the most part. I think maybe one off of either the one before this or the one before that charted like kind of barely. Gotcha. Um, but you know, it's it's one of those things that you know, it's it's hard to please the young kids these days. You know, they they don't appreciate the hair and the, and the hairspray and and the tights like they used. Well, the tights have come back around, but the hair is not quite there yet. Well, I, so in all honesty, I don't I don't understand how this music could not please kids because this to me is a mature album. I mean, it's probably the most grown up that Striper sounded as far as overall uh, tone and, and drive and vocal. You know, Michael doesn't hit the high notes like he used to. He still does a phenomenal job as a lead vocalist. Um, but there were a lot of really, really high, like high C's and, and, and I don't know, maybe he was able to hit higher than that at some point. 
he's not able to do that anymore. And that's just part of age and, and all the, the singing and things like that, that he has done. Um, but I honestly, I, I, I really feel like this is one of their best albums. I would, I would put like to hell with the devil. And then I think I would almost slide fallen right underneath that. And then come back with like uh soldiers under command or something along those lines. Um, so that's nice. kind of that's kind of my <laughs> discography rating as far as quality and and sound <laughs> and everything like that is concerned. But uh, let's dive in nice. and and get a chance. You've heard this song already, Paul. This is the first track on there. It's been a little. It, it's what? It's been a little bit. A little bit. Okay. Well, this is the first track on there, and uh, I I just I don't know. I think it's really good. It's got an interesting start out. It's like a choir singing Yahweh. But uh, we're we're not going to play that part. We've got some other. We, we're we're a little bit later in the song. But here, dig it. Okay, what is not to like about that song? Mm, tasty goodness. <laughs> tasty. I mean, I just... Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it sounds huge. I mean, yeah. It sounds really good. I mean, you know, you talk about albums like In God We Trust, it just doesn't feel like there's any bass to it. Um, you know, and, and I know that, that Michael has talked a good bit about how he was not pleased at the mixing of, of many of their records, which mm-hmm. was part of the reason why they did, um, you know, that album where they went back and... and you know, redid a bunch of the songs. Yeah, the covering. Reasons. Yeah, the covering. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I'm glad that they that they have been able to get the sound out of this record because I mean, it sounds like the writing's there, but I mean, it does. It sounds huge. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, when you're sitting there listening to that guitar, I mean, it's you just kind of you can't help but like want to sit there and and bang your head for a little while. Um, right. So and and there's something that I've noticed in. I don't know if you'll notice that in the clips that we're going to be playing, but you know, a lot of times you hear the drums like they're they're there, and you know that the drummer is playing. It seems to me the way this whole album was mixed is Robert's drumming is much more present. Like they brought the levels up in in it to to make the drums have a larger presence overall instead of just being. Um, in you know just kind of being hiding in the background and such so gotcha yeah does that make sense yeah it does it does totally well here so here's track two this is the title track it's called fallen and uh i man i i love it so much it's good stuff here we go All right, Paul, what'd you think? I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I think here's, I'm going to go out on a limb though. I would say the thing that 
is not a bad, this is not a bad thing. I think this might be the thing that might get in the way of the kids, the kids liking him. I think his vocals are too good. I mean, oh, really? He's got kind of that very powerful power metal vocal um, that you can tell has a lot of training behind it. And it's just that style of vocal is, I think, a hard sell to kids these days. It's not because it's bad. It's just because it's not quite the thing. So you're saying you like the clean the- vocal might be a problem for them in a sense? I think Michael's clean vocal might be a problem. Okay. Them, which is sad. I mean, I don't think that they need to change anything. I don't want them to get a different vocalist, Michael. If you listen to this, this is not what I'm saying at all. Right. right. Um, I, I'm just saying, I, I almost wonder if, if at least for, for the kids who are just, the kids who are into rock music nowadays, who, who aren't maybe as open-minded, it would be curious to see what they would think about the same music, the same lyrics and everything, but with somebody with more of a raspy vocal. So like, it doesn't a- even need to be, if, Rowley or anything like that. Like if a Kevin Young were to sing a disciple yeah. song kind of thing. Yeah, just I, I mean, uh, I think I think if a, if they had a vocalist with a little bit more rasp, they might get a little bit more. They might get a wider reach with the younger audience. But mm-hmm. I don't want them to change a thing. Totally, I, mean, I think they're doing just great. But I'm just trying to I'm trying to think in my mind as I'm listening to this, like why are they not huge with guys between the age of 15 to 25? So I wonder, and that's the only thing I can figure. I I wonder this if if you were to take them and take this album and do an entirely different cover, an entirely and, and rename the band something different, yeah. not call it Striper, call it something else, just as a just just as a test, yeah. and hand it to a kid and say this is a brand new band. They got a sound. It's different. It's not what you're hearing today. <laughs> and and I just I want you to take a listen to it and see what you think. And and it makes me wonder how many kids would um, be more into it. But it seems like you put a, a, a name like Striper, and I feel the same thing with Audio Adrenaline. Is they keep trying to rebrand themselves. They're keeping the name the same, but they're changing the the grouping, the people, in order to try and stay younger. And, of course, Striper's not doing this at all. But they're trying to keep Audio Adrenaline alive instead of maybe just doing these guys. Maybe they sound great together, but just give them a new name and freshen that up a little bit. And, and I'm certainly not saying that Striper needs to change their name or to, to do anything like that. But I'm wondering for my own... You know, my own brain is kind of wondering if you were to do a different album cover and a different name and hand it to a kid who'd who'd maybe heard of Striper in the past, but you you get him and and tell him this is the, this is the new band Sliker, and you know hand it to him and and just see what they you know what whether they would like it or not. I'd I'd be interested in yeah. like leading a focus group and and trying that to see. That would be funny because I mean you know that is one thing that I will say about Striper, especially with the last two records. Yeah, is that not only have they kind of gone back to their original sound. I mean you know they they've kind of gone back to their roots, but in keeping with that, they're also keeping the flavor of their covers. Mm-hmm. You know, very much in line with that. You know, obviously they kept the name, the logo is still right there. I mean it's there's not a whole. I mean they've they've t- they don't have the big hair and the tights. That's about as much. Is they've changed. Well, and that was because Michael said, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm too old for this crap. <laughs> right. And and don't get me wrong. That's, that's fine. And no one's saying that they have to do anything. But I mean, you know, it, it, there is that kind of stigma, I think, that you get from kids that are like, I know what 
this is. Right. When you see this cover, you see the hair, and you see a logo that looks like that. I know what I'm getting, and that's what my dad listens to. Right. And honestly, I think Striper's outreach is not to garner new fans. I mean, I think that's always like a, a, a side effect, a, a good thing when that happens. But they know they have a fan base, and that's who they play to. And if new fans yeah. like to come along with them for the ride, they are certainly more than welcome to. But I don't think it's a matter of Striper is looking for that younger audience to bring them along. They just want to make music that their existing fans will love. All right. Totally on board. All right. Well, this next song is called Pride. It is track three on the album. So give your ears a tickle with this. So Michael's, sorry, uh, so good. I wanted to play it again. Uh, yeah. Michael's screams in that actually surprised me. Um, I was not prepared for that when I heard it, but I, I totally dug it. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and I will say this, Michael. I have admired your vocal quality on hitting those high notes, but <laughs> what you did with that, I like better. Yeah, that was so. awesome, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> So. And that's all I got to say about that, man. I mean, I, I, am, I am in. Take my money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was Pride. Uh, a great song. All of these songs really rock. And, of course, there's a ballad coming up. Track 7 is a ballad, and we'll get to that in a minute. And I don't think a Striper album would be complete without at least one ballad. Um, that's just kind of how they are. And, honestly, uh, you know, Paul and I are suckers for good quality ballads. And I, I don't think this is going to be any different, honestly. Um, but the way that Michael screams on that track and the, the guitars, you know, just crushing into the background, I think makes for a great, uh, a great sound. You know, Bruce says a little more gristle in the vocal on that one. And that's true. There's a couple of these songs to where that grit that you were kind of asking for a little bit, Paul, um, is, is kind of there. And I don't know if that's something that we're going to see more of as Michael continues to sing, or if that's just something he was playing with or, or what. I love it. So, good stuff. All right. Track four is the current single. It is called Big Screen Lies. And uh, the song is basically about all of the falseness that you will see when Hollywood tries to put a believer in a movie uh, as a character. All right, Paul, what you think? I don't think it's my favorite album, but it, I like it, though. I mean, I like it. I, I, I could get into a really long conversation about, about Hollywood stereotypes of one sort or another, but <laughs> right. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I, I like the I like the sound of it. I don't think it's my favorite out of the four that we've heard thus far, but it's it's pretty good. Yeah, I was actually surprised when they released this one as the single because honestly, either Fallen or Pride, I would have picked as a hotter commodity to be the single, like a single that would have performed better than Big Screen Lies. But you know, obviously, Striper has uh, you know I'm going to use the word agenda in mind as to how they want to release their stuff, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, right. It's just they're, they're the ones playing. who what. They have a plan. Yeah, they have a plan. They know that what their plan is. I don't. So <laughs> we'll let them. Uh, we'll let them decide on how they want to do it. But uh, it really did surprise me. Uh, the big screen lies was what they chose as the as the current single. Uh, I agree. Anything else on that one, Paul? No. No, I'm good. All right, let's go to track five. This is called Heaven. So that was Heaven, track five on the album, and uh, a little um, slower, more thoughtful in the vocal, uh, but still a lot of crushing, grinding guitar in the background. That one's going to hit people, I think, a, a little differently uh, depending on what you were expecting, you know? Yeah. Their bass player is Timothy Gaines, right? Yes. Am I remembering that yes. correctly? Yeah. I mean, I love that little bass part he had in there, and I think I like the verse, the tail end, like the beginning of the verse that we heard there a little bit better than I like the chorus mm -hmm. overall, but it still, it sounded tight though. I liked it. Yeah. The guitar playing is what's killing me on this. You've got Oz Fox, who is fantastic. And of course, Michael is no slouch when it comes to, uh, when it comes to playing guitar and they kind of switch off between lead and rhythm, depending on what song it is and what's going on and all of that. But their, their trade-offs are so seamless that you almost can't tell which one is playing on what song? Right. Oh yeah, it's great. It's great. So uh, most people would kill to have one guitarist as good as either one of them in their band. So. I know, right? Totally, totally. Uh, Bruce liked the guitars on that one, and I, I definitely agree. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was very good. Uh, all right, track number six is called "Love You Like I Do," and uh, let's uh, let's check this out. Okay, so go ahead. That just, I mean, that one, to me, more than any of the other tracks thus far, just sounds like it should have been on the radio in, like, 1988. I yes. Mean, that, that, that sounded like a hit from the past, and it's totally. cool that they're able to bring that up, because I don't know. I mean, it, it feels like when you listen to bands that are of the age of Striper who are still doing it or trying to do it, most of the stuff that comes out, you're like, that's good, but it's different. Or, you know, it just, it's not the same, you know, I don't know if it's just cause I was there when I was younger or what, but just that track. I mean, I could, 
even though that's the first time I've ever heard it, it brings up that something inside of you that you're like, oh yeah, yeah. Anytime, any day, that that's going to take you back to a certain time period, which is weird because I just heard it. <laughs> right, exactly. No, and, and it's it, a new song. <laughs> I, I I think you're dead on with that. I think that they were able to recapture a little bit of the magic that made things like um, honestly so popular. Or, um, you know, there was a couple others they had that were kind of on a similar vein. Now, it's funny, you know, we we dog on a little bit of the the artists that make the the songs that sound like Jesus is my boyfriend and all of this kind of stuff. And if you go back and listen to songs like Honestly or Free or those kinds of things, it's it's one of those um, that you could kind of take as who is he singing to? Is he is he God singing to us? Or is it, you know, Michael singing to his girlfriend slash wife or whatever the case may be? Um, and I think that's why those songs actually played better in the mainstream. I mean, honestly, it was one of the ones that got them way high up within MTV ranks and kind of put Striper on the map as far as a Christian band in the mainstream. Yeah. So. Agreed. Bruce calls it an instant classic with a question mark. And, you know, I think it's... Yeah. Very possible. I'd go for that. So, well, as I said, no striper album is complete without a ballad, and that is what track seven is. Much, uh, much smoother, much slower, uh, but still very mature sounding, in my opinion. So, uh, check this out. This is called "All Over Again." so hard when when trying to scope these songs to find what you think is the best part of the song to actually put out here for people to listen to you know so i did the best i could with uh with trying to get a little bit of verse and a little bit of chorus in it and uh and that kind of stuff but you can totally tell the feeling the flavor of where that song is headed it's a much more slowed down song it's definitely the the more ballady of what they have on the album but uh what were your thoughts there paul uh, first off, I want to totally agree with you. For the times that I had to pull chunks from ballads for the Christian Music Archive thing, I mean, it is it is so hard, especially when you're dealing with 30 seconds or less. Because, right. You know, you're talking choruses that sometimes can be 45 seconds long. <laughs> and sometimes that's the reason why ballads are really long songs. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, you can kind of see where it's going, and I think it works. Um, I don't know. I mean, Striper's ballads aren't usually my favorite ballads, Um but I do appreciate them, and I think that the, what they're doing there is definitely what people are going to want out of a striper ballad. It fits. Mm-hmm. It works well. And, yeah, I'm all on board. I agree. I agree. All right, we're going to keep it moving. Uh, this is track number eight. It is called After Forever.
So that one didn't even have any lyrics in the clip except for Michael saying, oh, I just dug on that guitar so much. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. You just can't go wrong with that at all. So uh, it was definitely... And I'm really sad that I didn't get that app downloaded in time to do that for the last one, but just for for argument's sake. (laughs) Yeah. Paul's got his little uh, his little uh, iPhone lighter on his app so that he can uh, he can light up safely in a concert. <laughs> his little Zippo uh, Zippo lighter, <laughs> so that's awesome. Good deal. Uh, yeah, so I mean, it's a great song. It's got great lyrics too, uh, along with it. But uh, I just I loved the guitar and his scream there in the middle. I thought was really quality. So that's kind of why I decided to go on uh, with that clip. Track number nine is a song called Till I Get What I Need. This is probably one of my least favorite songs on the album. And it just, I, you know, I don't know why. There's just something about it that just doesn't really click with me very well. Um, okay. But, of course, now I've colored your impression of, of what it's going to be a little bit. So uh, just check it out. I don't see. know. I, I want to disagree with you a little bit. So okay. Well, here it is. All right, so that was till I get what I need. Musically, I thought it was fine. It just lyrically, yeah. it didn't really hit me very well. That was that was my biggest complaint. Is I didn't, I guess I didn't get what the lyrics were talking about, and that's that's why it's one of my least favorites on the album. Uh, it hits in a weird place for me because I'm, I'm like you. Musically, it sounded great. Um, the there is something that for me about kind of that speed of delivery of lyrics mm-hmm. is kind of a weird speed for me. Um, and I don't know why it's, it's faster than mid tempo. It's not slow, but it's also not like really impressive, impressive rapid fire either. Right. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it kind of hits a weird place for me, but you know, I think it's a fine song. It's just, it's not my favorite either, but yeah. you know, that's wrong with it. It's, nope. just, it's a weird place too. I agree. Yeah. It's not that it's a bad song or anything like that. It just, for me, it, it doesn't really, doesn't really do much for me like some of the other ones. So uh, let's see here. Track number 10. We are blowing through these. This is called Let There Be Light. And he was- So that song for me also kind of brings back that 80s sound a little bit. Um, you know, I could see that as like, um, I just had the song in my head and now I can't think of it. Um, uh, it's gone now. It's completely gone. But uh, what did you think, Paul? I don't know. That one doesn't hit me in any one particular direction. I, I don't know that it's my favorite side of Striper, but I don't dislike it either. So, Like, you wouldn't skip it if it came on. Right. But you wouldn't necessarily put it on your iPod 
uh, to to play in shuffle mode. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It, it's a, it's a weird thing for me. And, you know, I mean, full disclosure, I like Striper, but they've never been like on my must listen list on a regular basis. And I think that's just because I came along in a, in a weird spot. And, you know, I, I heard band, I think I knew who Striper was, but they, when I first heard them, um, I thought they were weird because they look like girls right. know, with the hair. And I, I told my brother that those are the ugliest women I'd ever seen. And I didn't quite understand why right. anyone would want to see them in a video. And he goes, those are guys I'm like, Mike, you're not seeing what I'm seeing. But those, look at the hair. And so, yeah, I was such, I was such a self-important little twerp. Right. Um, but anyway, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I think by the time I really got into heavy metal and hair metal, bride and guardian were really my bag. Um, so I kind of weirdly skipped Striper in a weird sort of way, but I don't have as much of a hearkening back memory as I would towards other bands, maybe gotcha. from that era for me. Yeah. Uh, but man, they are they're doing such a great job for still doing what they're doing and still creating music that frankly doesn't suck. I mean, there, right. there's a lot of bands who, who I'm not going to name names, but there are bands who are still trying to put out stuff and trying to reinvent the wheel in, you know, maybe it's just me and maybe I'm just longing for the glory days or maybe I'm not open minded to whatever their new thing is. But, um, you know, Striper is keeping it real and, and I like what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want them to change. You know, I, I, they've tried that before and it wasn't bad, but it just wasn't Striper. So, right. You know, I'm exactly. glad that they're sticking with it. Good deal. All right. Well, here is track number 11. We've got two left, 11 and 12. Track 11 is called The Calling. Alrighty, what you think? I can get on board with that one. I like it. I yeah. like it. I, I think it. I, I don't know. I mean, sometimes the, Striper has all these many different, like little miniature variations in style, and that side of Striper I like. Um, so yeah, I think that one works really well for me personally. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know the music's obviously solid. Michael's vocals are great as they always are, and uh, you know the guitars sound huge, which I'm all about that. So yeah, I like that one. The one thing that I know you will get from Striper every time is consistency. You know, the the song will sound consistent throughout the entire song. Now, every song may have slight shifts in style and how it's played and different things that they add to it to make it more or less of of what they want. Um, Right. But it's, you know, the the song as a whole is the same. And I think that's a good thing that some bands could learn uh, a thing or two from. I will agree with that. <laughs> Although it's it's always funny to me though, like when bands can totally be like, "Oh yeah, well watch this." Like Twenty One Pilots, their songs go through so many different weird little variations that it's, that it's almost nauseatingly cool. But know? that's the <laughs> and that's true. They can pull it off. Yeah, they can pull it off. So uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. If you're a band that can do that and pull it off, great. But there's so many bands that try that and and they they don't pull it off. And right, that's where right. you have to know the difference. For your own band. Agreed. So, all right, last track here, track 12, King of Kings. King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. 
classic striper guitar work right there. That's that's what I think about that song. Agreed. The the lyrics remind me of something that I would have thought maybe would have really fit in well on Michael's first solo album. Mm-hmm. For some reason, it hits me in the same range as JDSUS did, which okay. was a great song. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with either that song or this song, but it just it reminded me of that. But I, I like it though. I can totally. get down with that. Good deal. Well, that is the album Fallen by Striper. It hits stores on Friday, which will be the 16th of October. Uh, So if you have not gotten your copy already uh, by the time you listen to this, I would highly encourage you to go buy it. It is definitely worth the listen. And uh, if you're an old Striper fan, you're going to love it. Uh, If you're a new Striper fan, welcome to the club. They've been doing this for years. Go grab their old discography and uh, start diving into some uh, some classics. You know, Striper was really a pioneer in a lot of ways for the music we listen to, but they did it in the secular market, the mainstream market, because most Christian markets wouldn't touch them with a 10-foot pole, um, <laughs> you know, stylistically and all that kind of stuff. I was listening to the interview that Michael did with the guys at the Bad Christian Podcast. I was scrolling through just looking. I like their interviews. I don't like the other garbage they put out, but I like their interviews. So I went through and was listening to the one they did with Michael Sweet from just a couple of weeks ago. And it's a really good interview. But I found out that they actually had to change the cover for the album To Hell With The Devil to make it the black with the, the, um, the text on it. Because they had like these angels that had Satan and they were throwing him literally into hell. And the Christian bookstore said, that's a little too graphic for us. You need to not do that. <laughs> oh it's so cute isn't it nice <laughs> isn't it nice so uh let's see here paul we have a uh a song blender that we do so well let's see here what should we do i think we should just get rolling with it then the rock in a hard place podcast presents the song blender Okie dokie then i'm gonna be very <laughs> curious if this works out for me in a positive way because uh, chris has been on a roll of just hosing me lately <laughs> pulling out at the last minute maybe but still hosing me so uh if you're the first time listener the one you know i made it plural for some stupid reason right if you're a first time listener and you're listening to this we're going to take a clip of a song that we know that chris knows and we're going to flip it backwards we're going to change the pitch we're going to see if chris can guess through all of that mess what the song is and uh, so we'll play it with all that. And then if he uh, if he can't get it, then we'll take the pitch bend off, leave it backwards, see if he can get it from that. And if not, then we get to openly mock him in, in uh, the interweb and all that good <laughs> stuff and uh, play it for him forwards. And if he still doesn't get it, then then he's fired. Yeah. That's just all there is. I, I lose my DJ card. Right. Revoked. All right. So here we go. Here it is. Uh, all messed up. Pitch bend backwards. All that goodness. Here we go. That's all you get. Oh, that was very short. <laughs> I know it's actually shorter than I thought it was. Yeah. That's, I need to hear that again because that's very <laughs> short. All right. Here we go. Wow. Let's do it one more time. See, what I like about the pitch bend on this one is it's considerably lower, but it still sounds like it could be a real person. Yeah. Um, I I don't have a clue. I don't. My gut's not even like pinging. 
See, the good thing is for me, though, that I was listening to Broken FM on the app the other day, and I heard this song, so I know you know this yeah. song. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's try it without the pitch bend and and see what you got there. Oh, my goodness. Okay, that one one more time. All right, here we go. Oh, I will. I will give you a quick hint. The part to pay the most attention to is probably like the last one or two seconds. That's yeah, probably the part that will help you the most. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm realizing that. Um, it's like I know that I know it. But I don't know. I can't think of who. And they've released two singles. So I think this one is the only one that you guys have asked. Oh, my goodness. I See, I know it sounds familiar, but I am not, uh, I am not getting it. Feel a little bad though. On reflection, this is a really short clip compared to normal. It is. I mean, normally you give me like seven seconds. This is like two, three. Okay. Still, normally I get seven. So, yeah. Well, um, at the risk of of shooting myself in the foot, I'm going to play it for you one more time, and then we'll we'll call it. You ready? I, I know I'm going to know it as soon as you play it forward. Um, I hope so. I hope so. Now, now, keep in mind, once again, only this is the first single the band ever released, and it's not that old. So I, you are at a slight disadvantage on this one, aside from just the time. Yeah, I I mean, unless it's XXI, but I can't think of their I can't think of the name of their new single. Oh, it's not XXI. Okay. All right. I I I do not know. You you have got me this time. I do not know. All right. So here, let's hear it forward. Then. You recognize it now? Yes. Put your hands up. Are you ready to go? Now I have to think of. I've only heard that song a couple of times. I know. This explains why, because you're you're uncannily good at this. Game. Yeah, no, I know, I know. Um, I yeah, I don't get to listen to the radio much outside of <laughs> when I'm at the studio, and that's becoming less and less frequent. Um, right. oh! Antifreeze not only freezes has a higher or rather a lower freezing point, but it also has a higher what point? Oh, okay. Boiling point. There you go. Gotcha. Okay. All right. With hands up. Yes. Yes. Good deal. Yeah, that is rel- that song is relatively new to me. I have not heard it that many times. I mean, I knew that I knew it. I knew that it was something that we were playing, but uh, right. that's it's not a band that I'm super familiar with, but... Uh, Good job on that one. Nice job stumping me. Yeah. Well, that worked out well. Kind of bad now. So, no, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. There's <laughs> no reason to feel bad. So, uh, You're right. In your face. Exactly. 
All right. <laughs> well, um, I think that that's going to do it. No noise trade picks this week. No review this week. We had a lot of other stuff going on, so we just kind of wanted to keep it a clean, quick show. Get the uh, the Stripe Realm out there for you to listen to. So, uh, you know, Paul and I definitely thank you. Uh, you can check us out at Facebook, facebook.com slash Rock on a Hard Place podcast. Uh, you can hit us up on our email, rock on a hard place podcast at gmail.com. You can also get us at, why are you looking funny? That was weird. I just got a random alert from Skype that has nothing to do with anything. And it was, oh. I just never had that. Happen. Okay. Sorry. Gotcha. I thought, I thought maybe Popped I said something wrong and you were trying to. Oh, no. No. Okay. So, yeah, Rock in a Hard Place Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, website, Rock in a Hard Place Podcast.com. That'll take you straight to our Facebook page. If you want to support us, if you feel that there's value in what we do, you can hit us up at our Patreon page, which is patreon.com, P A T R E O N.com slash R N A H P, Rock in a Hard Place. R-N-A-H-P. You can donate as little as 50 cents. You can donate as much as $100. It's completely up to you as to as to how you want to handle that. And we thank all of those who have partnered with us to continue making this podcast as fantastic as it can be. And uh, we're definitely looking forward to the future to where we can make it even better. Uh, that is going to do it. I'm Chris Cooner. I'm Paul Gibson. And I'm going to actually hit the music to play. There we go. Now we've got something to say goodbye on. Thanks, guys, for listening. We will catch you next week.